0: Revelation chapter 1, 5 and 6. It is an amazing thing when you really think about all that came to us. All that we received by faith in Jesus Christ. It's not just a ticket. Faith in the Lord is not just a ticket to heaven. He's made us something. He's made us uh, new in Christ. And He's made us kings and priests unto our God. And we're we're talking about this. The nature of this priesthood for the next several weeks and I want you to turn with me in your Bible. The, the, really, the Scripture that I want to open with this morning is in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verses 9 and 10. I want to give an example. The, the Bible gives us a good example about what we're going to talk about uh, today in our study. 1 Chronicles chapter 13. And at this point, David, is, his kingdom is established. Uh, Saul has been killed in battle. The Ark of the Covenant, which had been taken captive by the Philistines, they're wanting to. They've gotten it back. They want to bring it back and set up. David wants to bring it back and have the Ark of the Covenant of God in Jerusalem where it should be. And let's look at verse nine, First Chronicles thirteen nine. So they they have this whole procession and the priests are there and they're playing music before the Ark and David's. Uh, dancing before the ark. And when they came unto the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah, who was one of the men, one of the Levites, put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. So the the cart carrying the ark was being uh, borne by oxen. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him because he put his hand to the ark. And there he died before the Lord. Now that's a, a strange story. Intent, the intent of the heart was good. They're wanting to move the ark from it. It had been taken captive to the Philistines and get it back to its rightful place uh, in Jerusalem with the people of God. And they have the right people out there, the Levites and so forth, moving it. But um, they weren't to touch the ark, they weren't to put their hands upon it. And. Uzzah puts forth his hand because the ox shook a little bit. And he put forth his hand and touched it. And let's look at chapter 15. So David is afraid. He's afraid of the Lord. And they turn aside and they put the ark in another man's house there. And David's literally afraid of God. Not just the fear of the Lord. He, he's afraid of God at this time. And he's like, I, I don't want to fool with the ark anymore. I just saw Uzzah die before the Lord. And he goes and he prays and he seeks the Lord and God begins to speak to him and tells him the proper way to move the ark. It's not just in any fashion or form that they thought would be best. Let's get some priests together. Let's sing some songs. Let's move the ark. God had a prescribed way for them to, to transport the ark. What should be done, what shouldn't be done. And it says in verse <clears throat> chapter 15, <clears throat> Verse 11, And David called Zadok and Abiathar the priest, and for the Levites, for Uriel, Asaiah, and Joel, Shemaiah, and Eliel, and Amenadab, and said unto them, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the Levites. Sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren, that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it. For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us for that we sought Him not after the due order. That's pretty telling, isn't it? And we think, uh, sometimes we think we might serve God any way we want as long as we just have a genuine heart about it. And God is saying, I know this is the old covenant and this is the priesthood of the Levitical order, but still we see here that David wanted, he had a good intent in his heart, and he had uh, mostly he had the right people there, but he didn't do it God's way, and he even says, because you did it not the way, this way at the first. He told those priests, go sanctify yourselves, go get yourself separated unto the God, set your lives apart, and then we're gonna move the ark. Because we didn't do it God's way, we didn't seek God after he says the due order, uh, as the Lord commanded. This man, Azza died in our first attempt to bring the ark. Now, the second attempt, which we were just reading the beginning of that, they went and brought the ark, and God blessed it, and everything was the way it was supposed to be. And I honestly believe if if they had done it the first way, uh, that way the first time, God would have helped them, and the ark wouldn't even have stumbled. The oxen wouldn't have stumbled. I believe that. But either way... They did it right the second time and God blessed it. Now our series on the priesthood of the believer. What does that have to do with us? That's Old Testament priests we read about of the tribe of Levi that had to do with uh, the law of Moses and so forth. But we are kings and priests unto our God. Not of that order. We're not of the order, the priestly order of Levi. We're not part of that covenant. We're not part of that Levitical system. We're kings and priests unto our God through the blood of Jesus. That He's washed us and cleansed us through the new birth. We read it. And if you're taking notes, one of the key scriptures in this series that we're going to do for a few weeks is Revelation 1, 5 through 6. Unto Him who loved us and washed us from our blood in His own sin and has made us kings and priests unto our God and unto His Father. He's made us that. You said, I don't feel like a king. I don't feel like a a priest. Uh, You may not feel like you're saved today. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm saved. If we're born again, we're born again. And if we're born again, Jesus, not our own doing, but the Lord has made us and is making us kings and priests. I say He's made us that and He's making us that. Because there's a lot of things that we are in Christ that He's actually continuing to do in our lives. You could say I'm saved if you're born again, but the Lord is saving us every day, right? He's keeping us and preserving us. You could say I'm sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ but He's also sanctifying me every day to make me more in character and conduct like the Lord Jesus Christ. So I've said He's made us kings and priests unto God, but He's making us more mature in our service and and holy in our service as kings and priests. And specifically, we're talking about the priesthood of the believer. Now the Bible says, uh, this is another scripture if you want to jot it down. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 says, For ye are a chosen generation. Now now we're looking at fast-forwarding to the New Testament. Part of the New Covenant in the blood of Jesus. For ye are, all believers, are a chosen generation. Chosen by the Lord. We chose Christ and He chose us. Amen? But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. A holy nation, a peculiar people. That means a people that are set apart unto the Lord that for a reason that you might show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in times past were not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The whole life is new in Jesus, and part of that newness of life that we have is that He's made us priests unto our God. And it's not the appointment of men. The priesthood of the believer it is spoken of in the Scriptures. 1 Peter 2 and Revelation 1. That priesthood is not the priesthood of a man's doing. It's not uh, an organization or a ecclesiastical power that put us in and made us priests unto God. It is through the new birth. It is through Almighty God washing us in His blood and says, I made you this. He made me saved. He made me fit for heaven. He made me part of the family of God. He made me sons and daughters of God. He made me part of the body of Christ. He made me a new creature in Christ. One of those things He's done for us, He's made us priests unto our God. He tells us that. John said it in Revelation chapter 1. And it's not the appointment of men or organizations. Paul said, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Now, he's speaking about apostleship there, but it's no different than our priesthood. Whatever calling we have is a calling of God. It's not because a bunch bunch of men or or organization decided you need to be a priest unto God. The Holy Ghost determines that. The blood of Jesus determines that. Our Lord and Savior determines that. And He has made and making those that He's redeemed kings and priests unto God. And we are to, as such, this is what we're talking about today. We are to minister unto God. It sounds like, you know, so, so elementary, like this is Christianity 101. But sometimes we need Christianity 101. We need to be taught. We need to be grounded. We need to be established. And as a priest unto God, not, not, not because a, a man, man made me a priest or man made you a priest. Christ did. As a priest unto God, we are to minister unto the Lord. Our ministry is unto God. Don't ever, ever forget it. If you want to be a missionary and die, God, you know, you're going to die on a mission field in some foreign country, then hallelujah if that's what God called you to. But your ministry is not to the people of China. Your ministry is not to the people of India. I know that sounds crazy crazy. In India and in China, among lost people that don't know Jesus, or among saved people who come to know Jesus, your ministry is unto God. And if your ministry will be unto God, He will bring fruit in the lives of people. It's His gospel. It's His blood that was shed. He is the Savior of the world. He is the Lord. He said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Our ministry is unto God. Don't ever forget it. If He places you teach in the children's Sunday school class, your ministry is unto God. It's not to those little children. God will give you a compassion for them. God will give you His burden for them. God will give you His mind and heart for them and so they know what they need. They need Jesus, okay? But whatever, wherever He places us to the homeless, to those that have addictions in their lives, whatever it may be, where He places you and you roll up your sleeves and you get dirty and down in the streets with the down and outers and you're ministering to people that don't have families and lost everything because they're addicted to alcohol or drugs, your ministry is unto God. Right there in the gutter, kneeling down with somebody who's reeking of alcohol, your ministry is unto God Almighty. Don't ever forget it. When we forget that, we get off track. We start being men pleasers and thinking we're pleasing God. Maybe in some things we are. We get a little off track. And we get to compromise it. And we lose sight in our vision. Our ministry is unto the Lord. I'll never forget this. It sticks with me. If you've, if you, you, It's a famous sermon and a famous minister. Uh, Paris Reedhead preached a sermon called Ten shekels in a Shirt. Uh, maybe you've heard it. Maybe you haven't. If you have not, you can look it up. Uh, on you know, YouTube and, and listen to it. It'd be worth your while. It's about an hour and a half long sermon. Okay? But it's worth it every, every minute of it. I promise you. But he talks about early in his life. He was a minister of Christ and minister of the Lord. And uh, he speaks of a missionary who uh, was sent out to, to minister in Africa. He, I, I think it was him himself at Paris had and he was saying that he just had such a burden for these poor people in Africa that never heard the gospel and it would be a shame for them to go to hell have never heard and, and so forth so he went and he got out there and it was a total failure His ministry was a total failure. He says, I got there and I found out, I I, I thought I'm going to tell them all about Jesus and they're all going to want to get saved and go to heaven. He says, I got there and found out they knew all about Jesus already and about heaven and they didn't want to go to heaven. They loved their sin and they wanted to stay in their sin. And he was mad. This this parish Rita was mad. He was mad at God. And he said, God, it's a pretty puny thing you did, a low down thing you did, sending me here to tell these people about Jesus. And I found out they already know about Jesus and heaven, and they don't want to go there. And the Lord spoke to him and said, I didn't send you here for them. I didn't send you here for those people. I sent you there for me. He uses us for His glory. I sent you there for me. He goes, I know they're lost. I know they love their sin. I know they weren't going to accept and believe when you got there. But I deserve the glory among those people that I will be glorified and lifted up that they would see. They'll make their choice, but they'll see. I sent you there for my glory and for me. And we need to remember that in any ministry we have, He's made us kings. We're not focusing so much on the king part. In this study, it's on the priest. We're priests unto God. And as such, we are to offer up 1 Peter, I'm going to read this, 2-5, Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood. Every believer, You're a brick in the wall. You're a stone in the building. What's the building? You're built up a spiritual house, the holy priesthood, for a purpose to offer up sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We're built up a spiritual house. If we're born again, we're one of those living stones. If you're not born again, just sitting in a pew, you're not not a living stone. You can be, but you're not right now. Okay? But ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Acceptable, acceptable means approved. They didn't move the ark in the approved way the first attempt. Somebody died. Doesn't mean he went to hell. Means he died. It was God showing his disapproval. Things weren't done his way. Okay? And he has no responsibility nor promise to bless what's done our way instead of his way. He's going to bless what's done his way by his people called by his name for his glory. He'll promise to bless that. Amen. Promise to bless that. Well pleasing, offering acceptable to God, it means approved or well pleasing. Proved or well-pleasing. And so, believers, we're not of the Levitical order. We're of the Lord Jesus Christ order. And we are to show forth the praises of Him who called us out of darkness and His marvelous light. Keep it in mind. You say, well, I already know this. But well, yes, my life's to bring God glory. I know it too. But I need to be reminded of it. That everything I do, in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily is unto the Lord. Colossians 3, and not as unto men. You serve the Lord Christ, he says. So our service, and that's what our priesthood is. It's a ministry. It's a service. And it's a service unto God. Will people be blessed by your ministry unto God? Absolutely. I would say a majority of our ministry is going to involve people. Okay? Reaching the lost, or ministering to the saints, or a combination of both. The people will absolutely be blessed and ministered to but they're going to be ministered to by the Lord in and through our lives. I don't set God aside and say, this is a noble cause. I'm going to go help the poor people. I'm going to go do it in Jesus' name and set the Lord on the back burner and go say, look at these poor people addicted to alcohol. These poor people, that they don't have any parents and they're orphans. God may very well send us to minister and will send us to minister to all the likes of, OK, of, of, of people, but he's going to do it through us. My ministry, mine and yours is unto him. It's unto the Lord. People will certainly to be touched, saved, ministered to, blessed, helped, strengthened through, through Christ in us. But I want to talk about just for a moment, how is our priesthood manifest? In other words, how does it, how does it, has it fleshed out? in life, in reality, in display. I'll say this, and you know it, but it's not manifest by uh, our priestly garments that we wear, okay? Uh, Nothing wrong. We ought to dress rightly and modestly according to the Word of God, but that's not the evidence of our priesthood. And it's not evidenced by the rituals that we keep, even Christian rituals. A lost person can keep Christian rituals and perform Christian rituals. A lost person can do it. Our priesthood is not uh, evidenced to others by titles or prefixes to our names, like, you know, elder so and so, deacon so and so, father so and so, priest so and so. It's not evidenced by those things or where we went to uh, a certain uh, seminary or something like that. And it's certainly not evidenced by worldly positions. Okay, and prominence among men or worldly compensation. We are, as kings and priests unto God, of a different order. We're of Christ's order, and we serve a different Savior. We serve a different Lord and King, and we receive different compensation, I guess you would say, of rewards or blessings. Jesus said in Revelation 22, the last chapter in the Bible, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. To give every man according as his works uh, shall be. And so the Lord blesses. our what, what you're working for and striving for unto the Lord, it, the world may not recognize it for the most part. world may take little notice. If they do take notice, let it be Christ in you and a changed life that they notice. Amen. But our compensation, our authority is the authority of the Lord. It is the power of the Holy Spirit. It is the working of Christ. Literally, the Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is that authority. It is that power. Who gives you authority to come out here and tell these people they need to repent and give their lives to Jesus? Jesus gave me that authority. God gave me that. They may throw me in prison. They may beat me up. They may kill me or you. But we have that authority and that mandate from the Lord. That's where the authority comes from. I don't turn to this organization or that organization and say, well, here's my certificate saying I have the right to be out here and tell alcoholics that they can be set free. You know, we have that authority from Jesus Christ. And we have that calling from the Lord as well. But our ministry is unto the Lord. We stand and fall to a higher authority. We stand and fall to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we stand and fall and, and live by a different set of Orders, if you want to call it that. Marching orders. We're not living like the world lives. I'm not following the priesthood of men saying I have to bow to these uh, rituals or convictions or toe the line or please, please these people that made me a priest and, and, and go with the flow of that organization or group. We're born again. And if we're walking with God and the whole world departs, And the whole church world departs. There's not another believer on the planet but you. Then you serve God. Serve God. You don't have to please anybody. You don't have to please the people in the churches. You please God. And I can promise you, I'm just pointing my finger, Matthew back there is serving God with all of his heart. And Dee's up here serving the Lord with all of her heart. And Clint is. And I am. None of us perfect, but we're genuinely going on with Jesus. Guess what? We're going to get along just fine, aren't we? I'll recognize the call of God on their lives. I'll encourage them and how God's using them. I won't be jealous or envious of their priesthood and how maybe they're getting more recognition, how maybe winning more people to the Lord than I am. I will see it. I'll recognize it. They will see it in my life. I don't have to try to please them, so to speak. If we're all pleasing Jesus, we're going to get along just fine. And we're going to encourage each other we're going to pray for each other. If somebody gets off track, we're going to help reel them back in and help them. And so right, we have a different priesthood than this world. The priest in Jesus' day. I'm talking about the, Le- the Levitical priest in Jesus' day in Judaism. Okay? For the most part, this is not a blanket condemnation, for the most part, they didn't know the Lord, right? He says, if you'd have known my Father, you'd have known me. If you really know my father, you would know me. I came from my father. I am my father one. He called them hypocrites. He says, you're of your father, the devil. They didn't know the Lord. All right? And, but they had great respect among men, didn't they? The priests, when they walked down the street, they got certain salutations and greetings from the people and respect among the people. Uh, but yet they didn't even know the Lord. We're not of that priesthood. Not only not Levitical, but any kind of priesthood that's a man-made priesthood. They were very prominent among men. They had power, they had authority, they had a place, they had a name. And they wielded their authority, not for the glory of God, for any purpose of Jesus Christ, or heavenly purpose. They wielded their glory and their their power, I'm sorry, and authority for their own self-serving ends. They enjoyed being called Rabbi, Rabbi. They enjoyed people coming to them and being under them, so to speak. They enjoyed that. And you know what Jesus said, y'all? I'm just going to read this from uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Isn't that a different priesthood? A different ministry? He talked about those in the world, they love to, to, to have the preeminence among men. They love to rule it over you. And you're kind of used to that. You work your way up the ladder, now you got people under you. You know That's the way the world still functions today. It's no different in the religious world. But Jesus said to his disciples, it shall not be so among you, among the disciples of Christ. But whosoever will be great among you, you want to be great? I do, for the Lord's glory. Let Him be your minister. Let Him be your minister. Our Lord Jesus, we talked about it two weeks ago, girded up His loins, wrapped a towel around His waist, got on His hands and knees, and washed the stinky feet of His 12 disciples, including the one who He knew that night was going to betray Him. It's an amazing thing. The world does not take notice of that kind of king. But that's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Whoever's going to be great among you, let him be your minister, a servant, or a priest unto God. Paul says, I think the Lord set us uh, apostles as last. We're appointed to death. We're made a spectacle unto the world and to angels and to men. They didn't have places of prominence in in the world. Apostle Paul, we put him, and we should honor him in such a place of honor. But he says in the world he lived, he he, he included himself with the other apostles. The Lord just put us down as a spectacle. We're like theater. We're like entertainment for a lost world. Beaten and thrown in prison and shipwrecked and shuffled off from prison to prison and mocked and cast out and so forth and stoned and left for dead. That's not exactly receiving the respect of men, But he's a priest unto God. His rewards are coming. Amen? It says, Henceforth there's later for me a crown of life, and not for me only, but for all those that love his appearing when he was about to be martyred for the Lord. He knew that. We have to, have to understand that. Our priesthood is to be manifest or evidenced by a new life. Simply and plainly. It's not our ecclesiastical garments. It is a new life that... You weren't this before. You are this now. What in the world happened to you, Randy? You're not the same person I knew in high school. Hallelujah. I'm not. Let me tell you what happened to me. Jesus Christ got a hold of my life and totally changed me. He changed what I was going to do for a living. He changed my edu- He changed uh, the direction I was going, the pursuits, my friends, uh, everything. Morally, inside and out. He changed me. He made me new. All glory to God. So the evidence of our priesthood is the evidence of a new life. What is this new life like? Well, this new life is to, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. This new life in Christ, we're to love with the love of the Lord. It's the evidence of our life is to be Jesus. And Jesus says, we're to love the Lord with all of our heart. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Jesus said, by this will all men know that you're my disciples, that you have love for one for another. We're to love each other in this room. It is a token, it is a, t- token, it's a testimony, it is an evidence of our priesthood. What does this life look like, this new life in Christ? It looks like Jesus' life. It looks like the Bible for the New Testament believer. Amen? I remember William, uh, my son William, talking about a, one of the teachers at Parkview was sharing a, uh, at a chapel service there one time. And, and the, 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 minister, the one that was teaching the Bible study said, uh, People always say, God doesn't speak to me. God doesn't speak, what does his voice sound like? It was a woman, she was one of the teachers. She said, It sounds a lot like his word. <laughs> if God's saying, God doesn't speak to me, he speaks to us. Every day, every time we'll pick it up, every time we'll meditate on it, every time we'll think about it, and read it. It's for us. Amen. And in this life in Christ, this priesthood is going to be evidenced by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of this changed life. And guess what, you all that'll be privately. That will be when nobody's watching you. That'll be publicly when people are watching you. That will be when you're among your Christian brothers and sisters, like we are today, and when you're a bunch of, around a bunch of heathen at work. Okay, that don't know how to speak without a curse word every other syllable. Is he's still going to be evidenced by the changed life, and it's going to be evidence, and it's going to be evidence in your life when everything's going right and everything's perfect and all's right with the world. Or you're going through the biggest trial or numerous trials one after the other that you've ever been through. The life of Christ. That's the token and the evidence of our, the reality of our priesthood. And I'll tell you this. This cannot be faked. This life can't be faked. This priesthood can't be faked. Men will try to fake it. I don't know why, but people will. Maybe, as I said, for prominence among men, respect them in, among men. But I, you're not fooling the Lord. And I'm not fooling the Lord if I were to do that. And eventually, it will be manifest that you really weren't even saved in the first place. So don't waste your time trying to fake it to fit in with people in the church world. Come to know Jesus. Get born again. Be real. Let the Lord do the work in your life. It has to be genuine. It has to be the Lord's working. And I'm going to be bringing this uh, on and one, one of the requirements of the Lord for His priesthood and for anybody to be His follower is to die. We've been talking about it for months and months on Wednesday nights in our series on the cross. Specifically the cross in the life of the believer. Not just the cross that where we come to get saved, which we have to come there first. But Jesus said, if any man will come after me, that's a disciple, a follower, let him deny himself take up his cross, that's death, and follow me. The cross isn't a pretty emblem. We hang around and says, look at this cross. It shows I'm a Christian. The cross is death. It's daily dying to everything that I want. Myself. I'm dying to self. I'm dying to sin. I'm dying to this world that's around me. And dying to that. And that is a token or a requirement of being a priest unto God. I want to read a couple of scriptures here. Mark 29, I mean, I'm sorry, Mark 10, 29, and 30. I'm going to go in and read these for time's sake because that's where I'm going to get this. Mark 10, 29, and 30. Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my sake in the gospels. It costs something, doesn't it? It costs something to live for the Lord. We give up things. We forego things. It doesn't mean God can't give them back and give them back more. But we do give them up. Amen? There are things we lay... Everything Everything comes under the Lordship of Christ. Everything. Health, wealth, family, pursuits, finances, reputation among men. It's all laying in the dust. God can resurrect what He wants to out of it. Amen? But we lay it in the dust at the feet of Jesus and we do do it sincerely. And we're freed up now to serve God. There's a great liberty in that. I always talk about it. I, I taste it. I don't feel like I'm really experiencing it fully like I knew it was possible. But to be so dead to everything else that I'm free. I'm free to live for my Savior. If He does send me to India to die and my wife goes and we both die out there, and I don't ever see my grandbaby again, then that, if that's what the Lord wants, I'm free to go. Because I've placed my wife and my life and my grandbaby and my children and my home here in the U.S. I place it in God's hands. And I die to that. There's a great freedom in that. And a great liberty in that. Knowing you've placed, your, you've placed your, what's valuable to you in the best hands you can place it. Put it in Jesus' hands, amen? Put your children in Jesus' hands. Put your spouse in Jesus' hands. Let Him take care of them. He says, but He shall receive those that for His sake and the Gospel forego all and forsake all. He shall receive a hundredfold now in this life. I don't think that's the prosperity Gospel. A hundredfold now. He says, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, children, the body of Christ. To me, that's what that is. Our brothers and sisters in this room. Now my own brother by birth doesn't know Jesus. And we don't have any relationship. I have brothers in this room and sisters in Christ. I think that's what he's talking about. He says brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. He puts that in there. You're going to receive persecution to go with it all. Okay? And in the world to come, eternal life. Hallelujah. Is it worth it? You better believe it's worth it. It's worth it in this life, and it's definitely worth it in the life that is to come. Thank you, Jesus, for it all. I've got a couple of scriptures I want to read before we close. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Talking about the, the disciple of the Lord and then the priest of the Lord. Is going to have to be someone that follows the Lord. And we follow in all things, not just the things we like. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11. This is Paul speaking about his own life and those with him. He says, we are in verse, troubled on, verse 8, troubled on every side. Verse 10, always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. If that life, which is the token or the evidence of our priesthood, a changed life, the life of Christ, is going to be evidenced through my life, then I, have to be, I need to be bearing my cross, uh, not in misery, but dying to self. Okay. Anytime self tries to rise up and usurp the authority of Christ, it needs to be brought to the cross and put down by faith not talking about lugging across around, not talking about beating ourselves till we bleed on the back. We're not talking about seeing whatever's fun in life and just getting rid of it and sitting around on a bare floor like a monk. We're talking about whatever is of self and whatever is of sin and whatever is my flesh that God shows me through his word and by the Holy Ghost. Then I put that down. Okay, the good, the bad and the ugly. I put it all down at the cross. He says, verse 11, For we which live in Christ as Christians are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. That's a priesthood. We haven't even touched on the duties of the priest. That's weeks ahead. We're going to get into the responsibilities of the priest, the duties of the priest, how in a practical way do we minister unto the Lord, the authority of the priest that God's given us in Jesus Christ. All that's ahead. But I just wanted us to see the nature of this priesthood. There is a nature to it. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for all. For all. And I want to read a couple more Scriptures in closing. In Matthew 10, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn there. Verses 38 and 39. Matthew 10, 38. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. I didn't say that. I didn't turn to you and and make that condition. That's the Lord. That's the Lord's condition for any man to be His disciple. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. That is not only the condition or the qualification of a disciple and a priest of the Lord, but that is also the, that's also the promise, but that's, that's the condition to the promise. He, he says we're going to receive all that He has, but the condition is that we follow Him. And I want to close with this thought. There are a lot of people, and I would say many that are sincere. So I'm not judging like we talked about in Sunday school, their intent or their heart or their motives. But I believe there are many people in the church world today, whether they're truly saved or not, I don't know. There are many people in the heading of Christendom that are serving in the name of Jesus who don't see it necessary or see no real need to die to everything else here. They're wanting to serve the Lord Again, maybe their intentions are good and their motives are pure. They're eager to serve the Lord, but they don't see it necessary to die to everything here on this planet. But Jesus says it is necessary even to be his disciple, his follower. He that loves houses or lands or fathers or mothers or brothers or sisters more or children, sons and daughters more than me is not worthy of me. And he says, cannot. He didn't say it'd be difficult. Cannot be my disciple. They have to be under the blood of Jesus. They have to be laid down. He doesn't necessarily physically take them from us. But they need to be given over to God and say, nothing is going to come between me and my Lord and my service to Him. I'm going to take up, if my children don't follow God, I'm going to follow God. That sounds bizarre, right? If my children don't follow Jesus Christ, I'm taking up my cross. I love my children. I pray for them. I pray they see mom and daddy following after Jesus and come along someday. But I'm going to follow the Lord. That's what that means. And I'm going to follow him not to in a compromised sense where I can please my lost children or back here and please Jesus. I'm going with God. Oh, how I want him to come with me. But I'm going. Amen? I'm going. I'm going with the Lord. That's what that means to me. Jesus said, let me close with this, this scripture. Turn with me to Galatians chapter six. Galatians 6, I love this scripture. I quote it to myself, I quoted my prayers when I'm praying and I ask God make this my life. Romans 6 14, but God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. By the cross of Jesus, that's how that takes place by faith. It's a faith. We're do- reckoning it So by faith, but he says, I'm not going to glory in anything not going to glory in being called the the Apostle to the Gentiles or the greatest missionary the planet's ever known. And He was. I'm going to glory in one thing, the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because by the cross of Jesus Christ, the world is crucified to me and I'm crucified to the world. I'm free to serve God and to go into that world without any chains of the world up to me. You understand what I'm saying? He set me free bing, 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 every string cut, every cord cut, I'm free. I'm free from the world. Friends, everything. Now, I can go back in there as God's man. Into the world that He saved me out of, and yet I'm not overcome by the sin. I'm not sentimental about, oh, I wish I went back to, could go back to this and that. I'm freed up. That's an effective minister. Amen? But that's the only thing that Paul glorified in the last Scripture, verse 17. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. You know what the marks are? I looked up that word marks. He said, I bear in my body. People were, so you're not an apostle. You're weak. You're this. You're that. You're the other. He said, don't bother me anymore. I'm bearing in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. You know what the marks are? The, The marks means a stigma. Okay, a stigma. And slaves used to be branded to show that they were a slave and who they belonged to. And Paul willingly called himself a slave to Christ. I bear in my body. You know what that is? That's the cross. That's the cross. Dying to self. Yeah, he he had been beaten. He had... Uh, marks in his body where he'd been beaten. But I believe the mark in his body, the stigma, was the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a spectacle to the world. A lot of people were beaten for crimes and other things. But he was beaten and had the marks in his body for the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, don't anybody bother me anymore. I'm his. I belong to him. There's evidence of Christ in my life and my priesthood unto him. You can come up What a joy, y'all. What a joy to know the Lord and to walk with the Lord in such such a way as this. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. Y'all, just in the nature of, Two we weeks, spent two weeks just talking about the nature of this priesthood. And the nature is it's unto God. It's a life lived unto God and the evidence is a changed life by Christ and His life being lived in me. Amen. Y'all stand with me this morning. These altars are open. Or you make an altar there at your seat or kneel down at your seat. I encourage you to take whatever God's spoken to your heart. He's spoken a lot to all of us. This is quite... Uh, challenging, it's quite convicting what He has spoken to our hearts. Don't be a forgetful hearer. Lay it down at the altar. Lay your life down at the altar and say, Lord, there's a lot of dying to myself I still have to do. There's a lot uh, that needs to be done, but hallelujah He can do it. He can do it. The Lord can do it. He can make a quick work. He can change our hearts and lives. Even those that know him and are walking with the Lord, there's so much more He wants us to do. And I just can't get over it myself. There is such a liberty and freedom to be detached from everything. If God took all my possessions to not cry a tear and say, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If the Lord takes people that are, are close to us, yes, we, we would weep and miss them, but we can go on with, with God. We're not gonna shrink back because of any anything, no attachments. And that's a mark of a, a disciple of Christ and He's calling us to be disciples. And I can't minister to God and offer acceptable sacrifices to God if I'm not following the Lord. And following the Lord means in His death and in every area. So Father, we come before You in Jesus' name. I really do, churches. I pray and encourage you to come meet with the Lord. Let Him seal in your heart what He's spoken to you. Ask Him to make it real. Ask Him to do the work in your heart and your life that's where we meet with the Lord and He does it. But Father, we come before You. Lord, I don't stand before You as one who is at all perfected. I feel like the least of all saints, God. But I do desire to be a king and a priest unto God. And I do desire that people would take note and know that I've been with Jesus. I do desire to follow You and to be detached and crucified to the things of this life. I desire that, God, and you are working that in in my life and in our lives, God. I pray you would do a, a profound work, a deep work in our hearts and lives, that our sacrifices and offerings would be acceptable to you, God, by Jesus Christ. And we would serve you with such great joy, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Meet with us this morning in Jesus' name.